1966, the Chicago Bears drafted the son of a Pennsylvania coal miner in the fourth round. Doug Buffon would go on to play 15 seasons for the Bears and later be named one of the 100 greatest Bears of all time. His allegiance to the Bears never waned, even when he took to the microphone and witnessed some horrendous Bears teams. The fact is, there's not the fear put into him because this game is a lot about fear. You either do the job or you go home and go sell hamburgers at McDonald's. Doug told it like it is, and that's part of the reason his nephew John has dedicated this show to Doug. And now John Buffone is spreading Buffone branded beratements just like his uncle. Win the football game. You're the head coach. I don't care what you have your fingers in. I don't care what you're meddling in. You're the head freaking coach. We get it. You're the most important guy on the staff. You don't have to keep trying to legitimize that. And he's got pep talks too. I love this team. And I know everyone watching and listening loves this team. So while we may be pessimistic and cynical, every one of us still has hope that the stars will align at some point. And if that ever does happen... You'll be glad you stuck around. John is telling it like it is here on Buffone 55. And joining John are Alyssa Barbieri, managing editor of USA Today's NFL Wires, including Bears Wire. And also Danny Shimon, lead game and draft analyst for the Barroom Network. Buckle up and bear down. This is Buffone 55, The John Buffone Show. Hello and welcome to another edition of Buffone 55, a fast-paced approach at breaking down those Chicago Bears. My name is John Buffone, and with me as always is my co-host and producer, Alyssa Barbieri. Alyssa, week one is here. Can you believe it? We get real, honest-to-goodness, regular season football this week. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It feels like Christmas Eve. Like yeah. I mean, I'm just like you're waiting for it. Like. How long have we been just waiting for actual football to talk about? No more preseason, no more training camp, no more draft. We're about to get into actual games that count. And what better way to start against the biggest rivals that the Bears have in the Packers? I'm ready to go. Without a doubt, we, we, we the whole offseason, we, we we play up to this. It's, you know, we got two more months, three more months. Okay, hey, we're within 60 days. Hey, it's the draft. Oh, we're going into OTAs. And oh, oh my God, minicamp and then training camp. We're literally there now. We, we are days away from week one where these games count, and it is against the Green Bay Packers. I could not be more excited to be a part of this show and start talking about the 2023 Chicago Bears. And Alyssa, we got a new four format for Buffone 55 this year that involves some of the classics, but also some new wrinkles. So before we jump in, can you give everyone a rundown of how Buffone 55 is going to work this year? Absolutely. So we're going to begin this year with the classic B55 segment. That's when I asked John five questions about the Bears, and his responses must be completed within 55 seconds. The 55 is John's way of paying tribute to the great Doug Buffone 
his uncle, his mentor, and a man who played 15 seasons with the Bears and wore number 55. Then at halftime, we're going to break down the Bears' upcoming opponents, and we are coming out of the gates hot in week one. We'll be looking at the Jordan Love-led Green Bay Packers. And then we're going to finish things up with a free-for-all that we call Buffone's Basement, where Danny Shimon's going to join John and me, and the three of us are going to go through some of the current issues with the Bears. So, John, think you can handle this new format because you're not going to get much time to warm up. Uh, you know what? I, I didn't. I didn't limber up. I didn't do my calisthenics. Uh, I'm, I might pull something, <laughs> but you know what? If we're if we got to go zero to a hundred, that's how I like to do it anyway. So let's do it. If we can do it, the Bears can do it. You're so. right. Here we go. It is time for our B55 segment, and that's when I'm going to ask John five Bears questions here, and his responses must be completed within 55 seconds. Let's get it started. So, John, just like you don't get, get to ease into this show, the Bears don't get to ease into their 2023 season. While they do start off at Soldier Field, they're going to face their biggest rivals in the Green Bay Packers. So, John, you said that this game you had circled on your calendar for a while. But just how important is this week one matchup? You have 55 seconds and we're off. Look, I don't want to be too hyperbolic here, but I think it's massively important. The Bears have to be able to show that they are trending in the right direction and their arc is higher than the Green Bay Packers. This game is at Soldier Field. The Bears are about a one-point favorite right now, and I cannot think of a better way to, of ushering in the 2023 season than to beat Green Bay and have Justin Fields go up 1-0 against Jordan Love in this new head-to-head -head series that gets underway, which I'm sure people are going to keep tabs on. And by the way, when's the last time people honestly felt that the Bears had an advantage at quarterback probably not in my lifetime and on the other end if the Bears lose the national narrative goes back to the Bears are you know they, they're the lower part of this of this rivalry no matter who the quarterback is the Bears rebuild didn't do enough they're not ready to compete in the NFC North because they can't even beat Jordan Love at home in week one so I know you aren't supposed to put too much stock into week one but I'm kind of putting too much stock into week one and I'm praying I'm not setting myself up for a fall yeah, no, this is a big game. I mean, when you kind of look at, obviously, the rivalry and just how bad the Bears have been beaten, they're 3-23, and dating back to 20 to 2011, which is just brutal. Obviously, you know, going against Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> that's a big part of it. But now this is a new chapter. It's a fresh start. You know, listening to Justin Fields talk today kind of about, you know, he's not looking to the past with this rivalry. He's focused on the present, which is what you want to hear. But it's also a great opportunity for him to really, you know, put his stake in this rivalry and start to turn things around, kind of like how we felt things were going in the offseason. So, I mean, there's a reason this is the main late game on Fox. And I'm just really excited to see it because now it kind of feels like this is the closest that we've been with the Bears-Packers rivalry because it's been so one-sided but now you're starting to feel things like the playing field level a little bit. So it's going to be fun to actually experience a game and not be absolutely terrified because Aaron Rodgers is just going to find a way <laughs> to beat the Bears because it's just like written in the stars. So, but this is a big game because you can start off the year one and oh, potentially start out, you know, as, you know, the top seed in or top team in the division, depending on how the rest mm -hmm. of the people shake up. So, I mean, it's a big one. It is. And and if you flub this one or you don't play well against this one, you got to wait. You got to wait until week 18 to see them again. And that's that's you got to wait 17 weeks to play the Packers again. I'd rather have a winning taste in my mouth rather than being like, oh, my God, I can't believe I got to wait this long to try to get revenge. I this there's I'm, I'm not trying to turn this into the Super Bowl, but there's uh, for me, this is a game of high importance. 
And correct me if I'm wrong. Think I think since yeah, because they haven't beaten the Packers since 2018. We have never had a show of a phone 55 where I've been here, where we've been celebrating a Bears win over the Packers. So I'm really hoping we can change that. You, for as long as you've been on this show, you have not celebrated a win over the Packers. That nope. is sad. And and quite frankly, I think I might have only had one. <laughs> so I, I, I think I, I, there might have been one win over the Packers that we've been doing this game. We've been doing this show for seven years. I think maybe oh, one win. I, I will have to go back and look at it. But yeah, that's that's sad when you think about it. For a Chicago Bears podcast to only be able to talk once or twice about a win over the Packers. But I digress. Hopefully that's on the way. Hopefully that's going to turn around. Yeah, I'm trying. I don't want to think too far in advance, but man, it'd be fun to come on here and celebrate next week. You ain't kidding. <laughs> Okay, John, so let's talk about some of Justin Fields' weapons. So the receiver room looks very different heading into week one of 2023 than it did last season. So let's do some prognosticating. It's safe to assume most people believe that DJ Moore is going to finish with the most receiving yards among all the Bears wideouts, barring injury. But who do you believe will be the runner up in that category? You've got 55 seconds. Well, you, you have some options there. Darnell Mooney, Chase Claypool, and even Cole Komet, if you think he's going to take a big step forward. But if you're the Bears organization, ideally, I think you probably want Chase Claypool to be second in statistics this year. I'm not saying that's my personal preference, uh, but I, because I would love a Darnell Mooney explosion year. You guys know how much I love Darnell Mooney. I actually mocked him to the Bears back in 2020. But the Bears gave up a second-round pick to bring in Chase Claypool, which ultimately became the equivalent of a first-round pick. And you want to see a return on that investment he's bigger taller and he's actually younger than darnell mooney as well uh, albeit you know nine months but he's still younger and he's a guy that you hope can bring down double digit, digit touchdowns in a season darnell mooney has never caught more than four touchdowns in a season claypool had nine his rookie year before he hit the skids with the steelers uh the bears saw something in this guy they spent some valuable draft capital on him and they got to see who they're going to pay next year so i think they'd probably try to see claypool rise to the occasion you know, it's actually crazy to think that there are so many options that we can choose for, you know, choose from in this category. Yeah, that's true. Answer because last year it was just Mooney, right? Heading into the season, you know, Mooney was the top guy. And now you have DJ Moore. And then obviously you have Claypool and Mooney and Cole Komet, right? Who led the team in receiving yards um, and touchdowns. So, I mean, there are, there's a whole bunch of options, but kind of going off, you know, Chase Claypool, I feel like he really has a big chip on his shoulder. You know, not only is he in a contract year like Darnell Mooney, but I mean, there's just been so many people ragging on him this, you know, this offseason, which I mean, is understandable considering, you know, what the Bears gave up for him. But he was in, in an unfair advantage or a situation last season. So it'll be exciting to see what he can do this season, especially after that strong training camp mm -hmm. that he had before he went down with injuries. So, I mean, there really are a few options from here. And I mean, I guess I might have to put, I mean, I might have to put my money behind Claypool on this one. Yeah. I, if he continues how apparently the reports out of camp where he had a very strong camp and let's, let's hope that that continues, but you know, he's, he was banged out. He's got that hamstring, you know, Darnell Mooney coming off an injury. Uh, but like you said, it's not like last year where we're hoping that, Byron Pringle or Equinemius St. Brown somehow rise to the occasion or Bayless Jones explodes into the NFL after being a, you know, a third round pick. So this is at least there are some real actual options that you put on there behind DJ Moore, where there's viable options at number two and you just don't have a bunch of $1 scratch offs that you hope have a million bucks on them. So it's uh, it's, it's going to be an interesting year. And quite frankly, 
I'd love to see all three of them, plus Cole Komet, have great seasons. And, you know, all of a sudden, Justin Fields throws for 4,000 yards, first one ever in Bears history, and there's plenty of yards and touchdowns to go around in a perfect world. We'll have to see how it plays out. I'm really looking forward to potentially having a lot of firsts here on Buffone 55, yes. like celebrating a 4,000-yard passer. Can you imagine at the end? For the first time they make the playoffs, you know, where it's not just because they snuck in on that extra spot. So, yeah, I mean, it's exciting. Oh, my goodness. Well, okay, I have to stop. I know Alyssa, you won. Alyssa, you're setting yourself up for a lot of emotional distress coming down the line. We, we don't normally pump ourselves up like this, but it is week one. Uh, so I guess if we're going to do it, now's the time to do it. Yeah, I mean, I, I know better, and yet I do it every year. It's every what we do. Year. But it's I'm hoping that this year feels different. So <laughs> They all feel different. <laughs> they all feel different. <laughs> okay, John, so we're going to move to the defensive side of the ball. It's been well documented that the 2022 version of this Bears defense had little to no pass rush. With some nice additions over the offseason, who do you think will lead the Bears in sacks in 2023, and how many will he have? 55 seconds are on the clock. Well, th that bar isn't set very high, is it? But let's hope that the, the safety position is not leading the Bears in sacks again this year. But I think you have to go with Yannick Ngakwe. I know some people think this guy is ancient because he's been with five teams since 2019. But he's only 28, and he's averaged eight sacks per season since he came into the league in 2016. He had nine and a half sacks last year with Indianapolis. He had 10 with the Raiders the year before that. So it's not like he's been a bum the past few seasons. And even if he hits his career average, it will double what what the Bears sack leader from last year had. I'm sure he'll get rotated in and out. And I'm not convinced that he's in the Bears long-term plan, but for 2023, he's probably going to be your best pass rusher. If not him, maybe Demarcus Walker. He hit his stride in Tennessee last year with a career high uh, seven sacks. He could be a force, but I'm going to go with Ngakwe here and let's hope he gets to that eight to 10 sack range. And if he does get eight to 10 sacks, I think that will be worth the investment they made in him this offseason. Yeah, I mean, listening to that question, I'm like, I feel like Yannick Ngakwe is like the answer. Like, he should be the only answer because of what they paid for him mm -hmm. and the impact that he should have. And like you said, he's good. He's been good for eight sacks and at least since entering the league. And, you know, for a pass rush. Yeah, I was listening to you like I, reading off all of those stats and I'm like, I forgot how bad the pass rush was last season. Oh, yeah. Like Jaquan Brisker leading the team in sacks. I'm like, oh, no, that's just it was it was as bad as yeah. you can imagine, but going out and getting someone like Ngakwe, I mean, I think he, he's going to have a big impact obviously on this team. And I think like you mentioned to Marcus Walker, who, you know, when he was signed, he was brought in to be that top guy. I mean, mm -hmm. at the time in free agency. So now, you know, he's going to have more opportunities to, you know, to uh, crank those sacks up and he's coming off a career year and he's, you know, kind of listening to the kind of guy he is, is, you know, he's very vocal. He's very, he's hungry and he wants to go out there and prove people wrong. So, I mean, I'm excited. I'm not, again, not getting overly optimistic because you got to prove it to me first. But right. at this point, I think Ngakwe is the easy answer. Um, but I think to Marcus Walker, um, hopefully Dominique Robinson will be in for a big year two and year two. And then hopefully some of those D tackles create a lot of opportunities as well. I'm not going to think they're going to lead the team in sacks, but let's hope that the D line is at least, you know, in the top 15. And then, the, and then you have a great linebacking core and a good secondary. You just need the, you need the defensive line to rise to the occasion a little bit. And uh, there's a lot of unknowns there, a lot to be excited about, but also a lot to be, uh, uh, I don't want to say concerned, but a lot to watch. We'll say there's a lot to watch there. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. But like you said, as long as we don't have a defensive back leading the team in sacks, I am good to I'll go. I'll be happy with that. I mean, baby steps <laughs> are progress. good. Yeah, it's good to have goals. 
<laughs> oh, that it is. Okay, so we talked about the free agent additions. So now let's switch to the rookies. You know, the Bears had plenty of draft picks back in April, but who do you think will make the biggest impact in 2023? And then who do you think will have the biggest long-term impact? You know the drill, 55 seconds. Well, uh, let's go ahead and start with immediate impact. Tyreek Stevenson, the second-round corner out of Miami, is going to be on the field a lot this year. We saw the physicality, the playmaking ability, and he could really tilt some games if he can create turnovers and hold down the outside opposite Jalen Johnson. You know, Peter King actually uh, has Stevenson ranked second to win Defensive Rookie of the Year behind Jalen Carter. So, obviously – he has impressed Peter King, who has seen his fair share of prospects throughout his 40-year career. Uh, but he'll make some flubs this year, but I also think he'll make some incredible plays. As for the long term, I really hope it's Darnell Wright, their first-round pick this year at right tackle. The Bears need a stud on the line. You know this is that you know is going to be there for the next eight to ten years. You don't have to keep having these conversations about, well, should they move someone else over there? Or how about we move this guy over here? Darnell Wright, if he is as good as we think and hope, he will be a stalwart on this line, a line that desperately, desperately needs some stability moving forward. Yeah, you and I, again, same wavelength. You know, you're talking immediate impact. And I mean, you know, Tyreek Stevenson is going to be, you know, someone who is going to be thrust out there immediately, mm -hmm. him and Darnell Wright uh, especially. So, I mean, I think, you know, looking at Stevenson, we saw it with Kyler Gordon last season too, is he's going to be targeted often. You know, people, uh, defender, you know, opposing offenses tend to stay away from Jalen Johnson if they can. Uh, so, you know, I think that Tyreek Stevenson is going to have plenty of opportunities to prove himself. It's, it's going to be, you know, he's going to have a share of ups and downs. He's a rookie and it's, it comes with the territory and at that position. But I do think that ultimately this season, because because he's going to have, you know, the most snaps out there uh, compared with some of the other rookies um, that he's going to have the biggest immediate impact. But I would, I'd also probably put Javon Dexter up there too. You know, I'm hoping that he kind of plays his way into additional reps and perhaps into a starting role mm -hmm. as the season progresses. And I feel like he's someone that could really be an immediate impact player. And like you said, Darnell, right? I mean, when's the last time the Bears drafted an offensive tackle that has been, a cornerstone of the franchise uh, it's been a while and i know i'm just oh yeah i'm getting getting a little nervous but no i think that darnell right i think ultimately he's going to have the longest uh the biggest long-term impact on this team we saw with braxton jones a fifth round rookie last year he had a pretty decent rookie season and now he's had an off season under his belt and he's getting better and i feel like with right we have to be patient Sure. Um, but we're hoping to see kind of what we saw a little bit from Braxton Jones last season, that it's something that he can handle the task, uh, especially when Justin Fields is the franchise at this point. So you need to make sure that he is standing as much as much as possible. Yeah, yeah, he he's important to the progression of, of Justin Fields, where uh, immediately I just feel like Stevenson. They're and he, I feel like with teams knowing that a rookie's starting on the outside, they're going to try to test him and they're going to, they're going to try to go after him a few times. And so that's where I think there's going to be some mistakes. There's going to be some bad penalties, but I also think that he's going to rise to the occasion a few times. It's like when they test him, he's going to make them pay for it. Uh, so it, it'll be really fun to, to, to watch him play this year and then also see the progression of Darnell Wright to see what they're building with that line. So, uh, and like you said, Dexter, that's a big, that's a big draft pick too. They really want him to, they want him to work out and hopefully he finds his rhythm where he be, he can become a game wrecker and, and hopefully he'll let the, the, the let the ends crash a little bit more. So it, there's a lot to watch on the defensive side of the ball. There is. And also on the Stevenson topic, I feel a lot more comfortable knowing that it's Jordan Love back there 
in this game <laughs> instead of Aaron Rodgers because we saw what Rodgers did to Kyler Gordon. Yeah. My goodness. So I feel a little bit better heading in, into this Bears-Packers game. I'm, I'll be cautiously optimistic, but it's just, <laughs> I, I don't know, it's some kind of Packer PTSD I got when it's just like, it's, it doesn't matter who's back there. Something's going to go wrong. So I'm just, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to be cautiously optimistic with this. Hey, it's all we can do right now. Okay, right. so we're going to end on this. The Bears-Packers rivalry opens up a new chapter on Sunday. For the first time in almost two decades since both of us have been following the Bears, Aaron Rodgers, or Brett Favre should add to this, uh, will not be of the week one starter for the Packers. So the Bears are actually slight favorites in this game, and the two rivals won't meet again until week 18. So, John, you already talked about the importance of this particular game as far as what it means to the 2023 season, but... What does it mean to the rivalry overall? No clock needed for this one. Bring us home. Well, you already know how I feel about this game. But as for the rivalry as a whole, I think it's just important. Here's some background for those of you who may not know. The Bears are currently behind the Packers in the all-time series, 105 to 95. The Packers are currently on an eight-game winning streak in this series. And last year, the Packers beat the Bears and surpassed Chicago as the all-time winningest franchise in the NFL. The Bears haven't won a decade against the Packers since the 1980s. The 2010s were a disaster with Green Bay going 17-4, and and the 2020s are on the same track with the Packers already up 6-0. You know, in 1992, when Brett Favre came to Green Bay, the Bears had a 24-game lead in this series. That is 12 games worth of regular season games that they were ahead. And now they're down 10 at some point. A new chapter has to start. At some point, the tide has to turn and the story needs to pivot. And we get a chance on that new chapter on Sunday. Jordan Love versus Justin Fields. And I want to be on the winning side of that new chapter. I don't want to look up this rivalry online and see another decade lit up in green. But if it's going to turn, it needs to turn now. That'll do it for B55 when we'll preview the Bears' upcoming opponent, those Green Bay Packers, right after this quick message. The fall is where we rock here at the Barroom Network with over 15 shows scheduled from September to January. Make sure you subscribe to the Barroom Network's YouTube channel and wherever you get your podcasts. Before we bring Danny in for Buffon's basement, let's see this Aldo Gandia report on the Green Bay Packers. Rodgers is gone. The future Hall of Famer and self-proclaimed owner of the Chicago Bears is off to the Big Apple. Finally, we'll see if 2020 first-round draft pick Jordan Love is destined to build on the Brett Favre Rodgers legacy of quarterback dominance in the NFL. In preseason action, Love had a 63.6% completion rate for 183 yards and three touchdowns with zero interceptions. Quarterback Google's J.T. O'Sullivan and Kurt Warner looked at the tape, and knowing Love faced vanilla defenses, still saw promise with the rhythm of his play and where his eyes went to on almost every play. 
Now, does he make every single play? No. Or the precision with some of the accuracy that maybe Green Bay people have been used to in the past. It's not going to look like that right away. But how definitive he was getting back, seeing it, eyes in the right spot, ball out, pretty accurate for the most part when his feet were set, uh, good on the naked bootlegs. I do think it's really encouraging just the rhythm that he plays with. It looks like it's very, very hijacked from Aaron Rodgers, which I think is a really good thing. All I'm telling you is that when you watch the tape, there's been some really, really good things that leave me optimistic that he's going to play some really good football this year, even if he has some bumps in the road. Love attributes a large part of his preseason success to the offensive line. I don't even think I got hit in the pocket at all. We got a lot of confidence in that group. I think we got a chance to be pretty good up front. Um, it'll be nice to get David out there as well. Uh, obviously, he's a he's one of the best in the business. So, Andy Herman, owner of the Pack a Day podcast, looks at that line. Right now, it seems like Bakhtiari will start at left tackle, Elton Jenkins at left guard, Josh Myers at center, John Runyon Jr. at right guard, and then Zach Tom at right tackle. There is some question at the center right tackle spot. That's the way they ended training camp and preseason for about the last two and a half weeks was with that lineup, and that's what I expect it to be. The wide receivers and tight ends Love will try and connect with are greener than the uniforms they'll wear. Three rookie tight ends, three rookie wide receivers, three second-year wide receivers, and that is basically it for the weapons outside for Jordan Love. So not only is he a first-time starter, but he has a ton of inexperience and youth surrounding him as well. Before Bears fans begin bloviating about the advantage their defense will have when the Packers' offense is on the field, they must remember that the team's run defense was the worst in the NFL last season. In fact, in their two 2022 meetings, the Packers outrushed the Bears by 20 or more yards in each of their games. I think you're going to see the same Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon that we've come uh, you know, to expect. And Aaron Jones hasn't looked like he's lost a step at all. Dillon trying to be a little bit more explosive this year. Questions about the Packers are not just limited to the offense. They extend to the defense as well. This is a defense that has, like what, eight or nine first-round picks on it, a bunch of high-priced free agents. But the sum has never been better than the parts, and we've not seen Joe Barry, or really Mike Pettin, or even Dom Capers before that be able to get what you know, out of this defense what they've been expecting and what they've wanted to have. So I think this is a team that in preseason showed that they can rally to the football, that is energized. You can tell that they want to be a top defense this season, but until we see it on the field, right now they are just sort of a paper defense. Bears offensive coordinator Luke Getze will look to exploit the Packers' weak spots and that begins in the defensive backfield. You know, Darnell Savage and Rudy Ford are likely the starters at safety. Both of them were benched just last season, and Rudy Ford is basically back on a one-year sort of prove-it deal, very small amount uh, on his contract. Darnell Savage only back basically because they guaranteed his fifth-year option last year and basically had no other uh, choice than to keep him. So safety's been a big-time issue, and that's going to be one of the really big question marks for Green Bay. The Bears' game plan will certainly be tailored to showcasing their run game, and that means the Packers' interior linebackers will be put to the test. The two players in particular, Devondre Campbell and Quay Walker, and the reason that they're going to be so interesting to watch is because two, you know, two years ago, Devondre Campbell was a first-team All-Pro. Green Bay kind of got him off the scrap heap from Arizona. He had a phenomenal year, the first-team All-Pro 
was not just like by default, he had a fantastic season and played great. And then last year, didn't look anything like that player, looked more like the player that we saw in Atlanta and in Arizona prior to his time in Green Bay. Injuries plagued him a little bit, but which Devondre Campbell they get? Is it the all pro or is it the one we saw last year is going to have a huge impact on this season. And then last year's first round pick, Quay Walker, some really flash plays that we saw but no consistency, struggled to get off of blocks, and you could tell his head as a rookie was just swimming from time to time. What should last season's most sacked quarterback in the NFL expect from the Packers' pass rush? If I had to guess, I think they're going to start with trying to get there with four. I think they really like their rotations at edge. Uh, we mentioned Rashawn Gary. He's going to probably be on a pitch count, but I would expect him to be in on some obvious pass down situations. Preston Smith, I think he's at a point where you don't want to play him, you know, 55 snaps anymore. I think they're going to be able to rotate him in and out. Kingsley Nigbari has maybe made the biggest jump from rookie year to second year of all of last year's rookies so far, at least in training camp and preseason. You've got Lucas Van Ness, the first round pick. Even Justin Hollins and Brenton Cox, their fifth and sixth guys, yes, they kept six edge rushers, have shown some promise as well. So they have the bodies to rotate in there. And then on the interior, they really went away from the slower prodding, you know, Kenny Clarks and, and, and you know, kind of the, the more physical defensive linemen. Now instead, they've went with the penetrating guys. Devontae Wyatt is in there. Obviously, Kenny Clark's still in there. He can penetrate as well. They've got uh, two rookies in Colby Wooden and Carl Brooks who are more penetrating guys. So I think this is a team that is going to look to penetrate into the backfield, both on the edge and on the interior. And I think they're going to try to get there with four first. As for special teams, the Packers have strengths and questions. Keyshawn Nixon, first team all pro returner last year. They didn't start having him return until about midway through the season last year. He should get the full season as a, at least a at minimum at kick returner, probably see some at punt returner as well. And then Jaden Reed, maybe the, the cleanest punt return catcher that I've ever seen in my life. It just looks so incredibly natural to him. So it wouldn't shock me if he got some pump return opportunities. And then the big one is going to be um, uh, Anders Carlson, their rookie kicker, who had a roller coaster, to say the least, of a training camp in preseason. Went through a huge stretch where he couldn't make anything. And then he'll make like, he'll just completely crush some 60 yarders. And like, it's just been all over the place. So you're holding your breath and feeling about the same level of confidence, whether it's an extra point or a 65 yarder, you just have no idea. So it's going to be a bit of a roller coaster to continue with the rookie kicker to say the least. On Wednesday afternoon, the Packers released their injury report and both of their starting wide receivers were listed out with hamstring issues. Will they play on Sunday? We'll see. Aldo Gandia for Buffon 55. Big thanks to Aldo Gondia for that sp special report on the Green Bay Packers, giving us an insight on what the Bears are up against this Sunday. And now it's time for Buffon's Basement, and you know what that means. It's time to bring in Danny Shimon. Danny, the fan favorite. How you doing, buddy? What's up, guys? How are you? Oh, it couldn't be more excited. We got week one football. It, it, it's the anticipation is building, but the time is finally here. I mean, you, you've been in it since, you know, draft season. We're going through all these prospects, and finally – Six months later, five months later, it's time to it's time to jump into week one football. This is uh, the culmination of all that work. And so let's let's go ahead and start with something that Aldo kind of signed off on. It was the injury report. Uh, the Packers, both wide receivers, uh, Romeo Dobbs, Christian Watson, dealing with hamstring injuries. Uh, Danny, you just came on. I want to I want to know what you think is this gamesmanship. Do you think there really is some injury? Is there a chance that one or both of these guys could be questionable going into Sunday and what that means for the Bears? 
Well, I know Romeo Dobbs has been has been dealing with an injury all throughout preseason, uh, the hamstring injury, and then uh, I think Christian Watson just kind of came up you know, maybe the last couple of days. So, you know, is it gamesmanship? Probably could be. Do I expect both of them to play? At least one, I, I do expect to play. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll both play, probably. But uh, at least I, I'm I'm pretty confident at least one of those guys will play. Now, Alyssa, let's stay with the wide receivers. Let's just say both of them play. Is this the first time in a while where you think the Bears have an actual legitimate advantage at wide receiver? I think they do, which is actually crazy to to think that the Bears have an advantage in this game. But when you kind of look at the Packers and they have that youth and that inexperience, and then you look at the Bears and they have a lot of that. I mean, obviously they had Tyler Scott, a rookie, but there are a lot of veteran experience wideouts in that room, whether it's DJ Moore, Chase Claypool, Darnell Mooney, even Equinania St. Brown, which I think Mm -hmm. is a big reason why he's still here again. So, I mean, I do think that when you kind of look at, the situation that Jordan Love is in this season where he has, you know, a group of even tight ends, right, which I'm sure we'll get to, whether it's wideouts or tight ends, that are relatively young and inexperienced. And that's something that, you know, Justin Fields has had to deal with over the last couple of years at times. So, you know, whether it's they're being young or they're inexperienced and they're not really, you know, second receivers like we saw Dante Pettis played a lot more than we would have liked last season. Mm. So, I mean, I really feel like Justin Fields has the advantage here with his wideouts, including a couple that he's that he already worked with before the season. You mentioned those tight ends. And, Danny, I need to get your opinion on on uh, Will, our Luke Musgrave here because that was a big investment for the Green Bay Packers. It's a guy that the Bears are going to be seeing a lot of. What is your read on Musgrave, and can he be the next big thing and maybe cause some nightmares for the Bears moving forward? Yeah, Musgrave was, was, I believe, either the fourth or fifth tight end taken in the draft. I think he went in the second round. There's a lot of scouts that like Musgrave. He's, he's, he's got some good skills. He's, he's a big, tall, muscular athlete. You know, he runs really well for his size. Uh, he's a guy that only played two games last year. And throughout his career at Oregon State, you know, the production really wasn't there. It wasn't utilized to, to his fullest capabilities, I felt. And then also he got injury. So, like I said, only played two games last year. So, I think that kind of hurt him. He went to the senior bowl and really showed that his ability to kind of separate from linebackers. Uh, you know, for him, he's still a, a raw project, you know, in my opinion. You know, there's times you see him, you know, dropping easy balls. You know, he uses his body. That's a lot of body catches, you know, in terms of like, you know, caressing the ball and securing the ball with his body, with his frame. I like guys who, you know, just pluck the ball out of the air with their hands. So, you know, he, he's a guy that, that's got skill sets, got some talent. But definitely the size speed ratio is, is excellent. But definitely a guy that's going to be a work in progress. And and we talked about, you know, in terms of his receivers, you know, all second and third year, you know, receivers. But, the you know, don't don't be fooled. You know, they're, they're talented guys, especially Christian Watson. We saw him in the second half of that last season become that, that deep play, the big play threat for, for Aaron Rodgers last year. And, and Romeo Dobbs, ups and downs last year, but also a guy who's, you know, pr- pretty good in terms of getting downfield and getting open and using his his, uh, his frame to make some some nice catches. So, you know, if they play, you know, they're, they're going to have some options. But, yes, they are they are talented. They are young, but talented overall, though. Let, let's switch to the sides of the ball real quick, and then we'll come back. But, Danny, I need to get your opinion on what Jair Alexander might be able to do against DJ Moore because I think that's going to be the premier matchup that a lot of people are talking about, the Bears' shiny new toy at wide receiver against an established cornerback like Jair Alexander. What do you expect uh, that matchup to be like, and who, who could uh, have the advantage there? 
Well, you know, the, the, the big thing, you know, Joe, you know, Joe Perry, the uh, Joe Barry, the defensive corner has been coming under a lot of scrutiny last season. Uh, you know, Jai Alexander, I think, came out in the press said he wants to follow, you know, receivers, number one receivers across the field. And, you know, he, he was predominantly used on, on zone and, and also used to, to play one side of the field. So I think Barry, from, the, from what I've seen in the reports, uh, you know, in terms of what's come out from, from Green Bay land is, you know, obviously he's a disciple of the Vic Fangio theory. Right? He's a guy that plays a lot of zone concepts, tries to confuse quarterbacks, tries to get to the quarterback with his front four guys guys you know saw Andy Herman's good piece there in preview in terms of them getting younger more athletic getting upfield and, and causing pressure with their front four but talk out of Green Bay is you know they might actually start using J.R. Alexander now to shadow receiver so that's the match I'm going to look for early on in the game is does J.R. Alexander move to wherever D.J. Moore is at so Moore's in the slot is, is Alexander following him in the slot is more outside you know so on and so forth so I think that could be something where they try to utilize D.J. or try to utilize Alexander to kind of wipe out D.J. Moore and see if the other receivers, the Bears have the Moonies, the, the Claypools, even, you know, Cole Komet and Robert Tunyon, see if they can make plays for Justin Fields. All right. I said we're going to switch back to the, off- or the offense. Uh, and we're going we're gonna to stay with the – we're going to flip over defense. I lied. We're going to stay with the offense for a second. Uh, Alyssa, what are your expectations? Because we talked about this a little bit previously on this show. This is the first real – Justin Fields versus Jordan Love chapter in this, I'm sure to be a rivalry or series that people are going to keep tabs on. They're going to say Justin Fields versus Jordan Love, one zero one one. This is how you get out to that early lead whenever you have kind of your first real matchup there. Uh, is, is this, what do you, do you think this is, could be a potential rivalry that goes on for five, six, seven years in the NFC North? Or, or do you think it, at least one of these guys is going to uh, bust out before then? <laughs> I mean, I could definitely see it happening, but I don't think that the Packers are going to get lucky and get a third Hall of Fame quarterback. That's just not fair. <laughs> that just doesn't happen. So, I mean, I could see Jordan Love. Be, I mean, that's why, you know, they signed him to that to the extension for the year, just to kind of see, you know, give him an opportunity. Because this is his going to be his first year starting. You know, there, he's kind of at a disadvantage in some regards in terms of, you know, like we talked about, like the young and inexperienced cast, but they are talented. Still, you want to give him some time. Like with any quarterback, it's going to take some time. And they didn't really get a true chance to evaluate him. But I could see this being a nice rivalry where it's not completely one-sided. But perhaps the Bears have the better quarterback in this, even though it is close. And I mean, I think it would be fun because, you know, Fields and Love are friends. They're, you know, they're the same agency. So it's something where, you know, they're friends off the field, but it's, you know, a rivalry on the field. So it could be something fun to see develop. But I'm really looking forward to hopefully the Bears actually having an advantage at quarterback for the first time in my life. Yeah, uh, that makes two of us. That would be great. Uh, I, I do want to go around the horn real quick and get to this question we got from Laz earlier in the show. Uh, it says, John, what is your prediction on Justin Fields' high mark in passing this year for a single game? Will he have a 400-yard game? Danny, I'll start with you, and then I'll go to Alyssa, and then I will probably just not answer because that's what I do. But I'll probably give my opinion. So, uh, Danny, what do you think he will? Will he have a 400-yard game this year? I'll even top that, John. I think I think he has a 400-yard game that's also accompanied by a 100-yard rushing game, too. So Ooh. I think that's going to be a, a, a monster oh. game for, for Justin Fields. I, I predict one of these weeks, maybe the Arizona Cardinals. We'll, we'll see what happens there. But uh, I think that's where you're going to see Justin Fields pass for over 400 yards and also run 400 yards. Danny, you got me all tingly over there. Uh, Alyssa, good, good, good luck following that up. 
I know I'm like, how do I follow that up? Should I put money on this? Like, I'm like, <laughs> oh man, I was just like, I'm hoping that he would have that kind of game. I was kind of more leaning towards like 300 yard game, 100 yard rushing game, just because, I mean, you only have so much time in the game, right? <laughs> but I mean, I just want what Danny said to happen. Can, can, can we make that happen? That, that would be like all time for well, like a Bears quarterback. Yeah, yards and two passes in a preseason game. And those are like that behind the line of scrimmage. So that, if you go off wow. of that, now you add, you know, a, a full season. You know, Tyler Scott getting incorporated with his deep place, you know, speed. You know, Robert Tunyon, guys, is going to be, a, a, as long as he stays healthy, he's going to be a huge threat to this offense as well. So mm-hmm. I think that that's that's where I think some of these, these weapons are going to come into effect here as well. Oh man! I, now you you talked me into it. Like I was, I was borderline. Optimistic. Now I'm thinking I I can see no. definitely because you look at the weapons. They're they're going to be in some games where they're going to have to throw the ball a lot, or they're going to have they're going to have to try to score a bunch of points. It's just the it's just the nature of the league where you're going to have to try to outgun somebody at some point. And I think they finally have some of the we- weapons to do that. So there is going to have to be a game where he goes for 400 yards and hopefully rushes for 100 yards and throws for you know three touchdowns or what have you. So I, I think that it, I think it will happen uh now I, uh, okay Laz is throwing it out there again if he stays healthy will will he will we have our first 4,000 yard passer for the Chicago Bears I don't know if you can talk me into this one but go ahead yeah no 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 Laz I think now you're getting a lot to to uh, out of your skis here so 4,000 yards <laughs> let's hold off on that right now it's, it's only his, his it's his third year in, in, in NFL but it's only really his second year for me because that's, this is the second year in the season in, in this system so I think he's only going to c- continue to get better progress there add more talent around him. I think he eventually will break that mark, but I just don't think it's going to be this year. Yeah. Uh, Alyssa, I think we probably agree. It's, it's going to be under that, which, which I said last week, if the guy throws for, you know, 3,200, 3,300 yards and also runs for 800 or 900, that's still a damn good season. Like I think that the way that we, we establish what a successful year is in 2023 is vastly different from what we thought it was, you know, in 2003, 1993, the, the way that the way that the game is played and the way that quarterbacks play are, is very different now. So you ha- you can't just say that there's one way to have a successful season. There's a n- number of ways to have a successful season. And I think Justin Fields has a route to have a very successful season. Uh, but but let's let's talk about the guys in front of him because there's there's already uh, who who would have thought there's already a shuffling around going on because of an injury. Tevin Jenkins not going to be out there. Uh, Alyssa, do you think this unit can gel quick enough to be a uh, productive unit in front of Justin Fields and not have him running for his life? That's the question here, but I mean, I think when you look at it, it looks like they're going to have Cody Whitehair at left guard and, and you know put Lucas Patrick at center, which. He was brought in to do. Uh, Mm -hmm. So hopefully we get more than, what, 10 snaps uh, out of him at center before something happens. So, I mean, you know, he's experienced in this offense. He got some work with the offensive line uh, last season and and now. So, I mean, that's the question. And they face a really big challenge right out of the gate going against the Packers. So, I mean, in pass protection, that's going to be the big one. Fields, one of the most sacked quarterbacks in the league last season. And he only played 15 games, uh, which is just, you know, ridiculous. And then obviously you got to get that run game going. Uh, so, I mean, I'm hoping the offensive line, I mean, I'm not going to rush it because this is also a unit that really didn't have the chance to develop continuity this summer because of injuries throughout. And then now your best offensive lineman is out for at least a month. So, I mean, they're going to be questions. That's definitely, I think, uh, something that you got to watch. It could ultimately uh, determine the outcome, which, I mean, we could see, you know, more Justin Fields magic out there because, you know, he is at his best when, you know, he just, when, when a play breaks down, he just goes make something happen. 
Yep. And, and Danny, how do you feel about Lucas Patrick getting thrown in at center? I mean, he, that's what he was brought in to do. Uh, yeah. but, uh, that's not exactly what their plans were going into the beginning of the season. How comfortable do you feel with, uh, Lucas Patrick at center and then boot kicking white hair out? Well, let's just put it this way. I'm more comfortable with him at center than him at left guard. If he's playing left yeah. guard, I'd, I'd be petrified right now if, if I was the bears, but, uh, you know, he's, I think in center, he could probably be okay. But, but what really gives me some more, you know, hope or, or makes me feel a little bit better is, is the veteran Dan Feeney they picked up. Uh, yeah, he's been on the team for what, two, almost two weeks now, a week and a half. Uh, but he's a veteran. He's been around the league, can play left guard, can play center. You know, if Lucas Patrick just doesn't, you know, hold up against the point of attack, I think then you can always, you know, plug in Dan Feeney. Will he be ready to start, you know, play week one? You know, I don't know. But uh, at least, you know, that's that's something that you can, you know, kind of replace him and, and put Feeney in there if you have to. But yeah, I mean, uh, Patrick at center, obviously he's the weakest link. Uh, but in terms of, you know, just overall gelling of this unit, it's the one the one thing that if I had to criticize Ibus Lewis and his staff for the preseason was I just wanted the starters to kind of play more both on offense and defense, you know, a bunch of new players on, on both, both sides of the ball, you know, just uh, not so much just to, you know, put up points or anything like that, just to kind of get that, that chemistry going, you know, you know, you know, break a sweat together and just, you know, get gel on the field. That's something that we don't have on either side of the ball. And I think we're going to run into some of those issues probably, you know, early on here with when, you know, week one and week two. Let's uh, let's stick with the offense for for a little bit longer. I want to go to this question from J2K. How much does Mercedes Lewis play? I see us running the ball a lot, and I'm sure he's hyped to play his old team. Uh, talking about this game coming up against the Packers, Mercedes Lewis, who has been in the league since 1948, uh, is going to be is going is is a, is a great blocker. So uh, you know he's the ageless wonder. Uh, Alyssa, how much do you think Mercedes Lewis is actually incorporated into this game uh, as a blocker? Not probably not so much as a pass catcher, but we've seen him sneak out you know you know engage and then release kind of thing but uh how much do you think mercedes lewis is actually on the field i think you'll see a decent amount of snaps because i mean this is a bears team that is going to run the ball first and having that extra blocker and cole commit is someone who can also do that and how many former packers do the bears have on this team i feel like Everflus is someone who he wants to give these guys the opportunities to go out there and you know have a solid showing against their former team so i mean i think we'll see a lot because you know we've talked a lot about commit and about tunyon but not a lot about lewis and this is i think the bears best tight end room that they've had in a very long time and i think that lewis you know despite being like 98 years old uh hey he's still playing football um i think he's going to be a big factor um I, I think this season and also in this game so i mean i'm excited to see how they how they utilize him because he's kind of been like the guy that's flown under the radar here mm -hmm. danny do you think the bears i mean it, i mean you look at the you just look at the names and you assume they do but how much of an advantage do they have over the packers right now in the tight end position because you have cole Komet, you bring in tanyan you have mercedes lewis you got a ton of experience and a lot of diverse skill sets there is it safe to say that the bears have a pretty decisive advantage at tight end only because we've seen what Cole Komet can do. We've seen what Robert Tunney can do when healthy. And obviously we've seen what Mercedes Lewis can do over the years. But in terms of of, of talent, you know, the, the the Packers have some talent. To get, you know, Tucker Kraft, the guy they got in the third round, big. Another, another guy out of South Dakota, big physical tight end. Probably got to be an inline tight end. But a guy that like a big body guy that can make plays down the field, but obviously the inexperienced. So yes, right now you'd give the give the advantage to to, to the Bears and their in their tight end room definitely over what what the uh, what the Packers have currently. So we're we're talking about advantages for the Chicago Bears over the Packers. I, I don't care if they're slight advantages. Real quick, John. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt, but going back to Mercedes Lewis, one thing you'll, you'll notice if the rookie tackles Donald Wright is getting hurt by the pass rush, you can always put Mercedes Lewis in there to help. You know, chip and protect there as well. He can also help you in, in pass protection too. 
that's an incredible point because he's he's a good safety blanket to have where if one end is just you know getting pulverized you got a guy who's a really really good blocker who and who can still catch the ball if you throw it to him he's not going to be quick he's not going to outrun anybody but if you need three yards on an out he can probably do that or you know catch it in the back of the end zone if need be as well so it's just another really good weapon and tool to be able to use uh if you if you have a if you have a young line or if you just need a couple extra weapons on the offensive side of the ball Let, let's go ahead and jump over to the defensive side of the ball and danny i want to i want your opinion on this because with jordan love in there i'm sure the offense is going to look different but there's also this narrative that with aaron Rodgers gone matt lafleur can actually run the offense the way that he wants to run his offense and so what does that mean and does that is that a good thing or a bad thing no, it's, it's, it's true. I mean, it's been documented where, where you know, Matt LaFleur, when, when you put in the system, actually, you know, him and Luke Getze and, and uh, even, uh, you know, the, uh, the the Hackett, you know, who's over there now with, with the Jets, they, they all put in the system. And then, and then there, there was uh, Rogers kind of like saying, nope, I don't like to play, don't like to play, don't like to play. So obviously they kind of defaulted to, you know, the MVP quarterback, the future Hall of Famer. So they pull a lot of stuff out of there. So, you know, his system is based off of the Kyle Shanahan wide zone you know you see a lot of a lot of you know uh 12 personnel one running back two tight ends uh you know so they do a lot of wide zone concepts they have some power concepts as well in which they you know they run two backs you know a lot of downhill stuff so you know the key there is you'll see you know aj Dillon, and i see you'll see aaron jones i think they're they're going to be you know the storyline is the quarterbacks the young quarterbacks but the storyline in this game is going to be the offense, the, the running attack for both, you know, both teams can't, which team can establish the run and which defense cannot stop the run. I think that that's where you're going to see the edge there. And eventually the, the winner of this football game. Alyssa, give me a guy who could really make or really, you know, plant his flag in week one on, on the bears defensive side of the ball, a guy that could really, you know, start off the season and have his name be known, whether it's through a sack and interception or, you know, just making tackle upon tackle upon tackle from the linebacker position. Well, who's a guy that you think can really establish himself in week one against this uh, green Bay offense. Oh man, there's, there's a few options there too. Um, I mean, you know, like Danny was talking about, I think my biggest concern, you know, for this defense heading into this game is can they stop the run? Cause we saw what happened last season, especially in that first meeting in week two, when Aaron Jones just did whatever he wanted against them. So, I mean, I'm really going to be looking at that front seven and seeing if they can stop the run. I mean, you, I want to go with Tremaine Edmonds because, you know, he's the guy that, you know, you paid the big money to. He's supposed to come in here. He's going to be a big part of that. Also in coverage. I mean, there's a lot of, man, that's, there's a lot of guys. I don't know. Johnny, put me on the spot. I'm trying yeah, to I didn't, I didn't mean to put you on the spot there. <laughs> but I mean, I guess I'd, I'd go Edmonds, but there's a, there's a lot because depending on how we look at it, I guess, I guess coming from the run game, Justin Jones, you know, being brought back as three tech. I mean, Andrew Billings, I think, because he was brought in to be that run stuffer. He's going to face a tall order, I think, against uh, against his Packers rushing attack. So that's where my eyes are going to be glued in the trenches uh, on defense. So, uh, I mean, I'm hoping the Bears are up for it because in the preseason, at least the very limited amount of snaps that we saw the starters out there for in that last game, it wasn't encouraging. They couldn't yeah. stop anything uh, uh, from the Bills. So, I mean, that's definitely going to be the battle to watch. Danny, who do you hope puts their stamp on this game, whether it be a young guy, a rookie they drafted, or maybe a guy that they invested a good amount of money in that you hope the investment's going to pay off? Uh, who, do you, who are you hoping has a big game and kind of sets the tone uh, for the rest of the season? Well, I mean, I mean, let's look at both of the guys I was talking about. You know, Justin Jones came out and said he hates the Packers and all that stuff. So, you know, this is the time for you to step up. And, and I am 
terrified of the Bears run defense. I, you know, I was mm-hmm. terrified last year. I still have, you know, PTSD from last season's, you know, last season's run defense. And this preseason didn't help anything in terms of calming down my fears. So I talked about earlier, Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon's going to be there all day. The Bears have got to stop. So might as well get the, you know, the leader of that defensive line, you know, Justin Jones, get out there and, and make a presence known, you know, let them know they're not going to be able to run against you guys and make them, you know, uh, put the game on, on Jordan Love, you know, a guy who's making his, you know, his second career start, his first, you know, opening week, you know, start of his career, young guy, obviously with young, young players around him, you know, make Jordan Love beat you. Do not mm-hmm. allow Matt LaFleur's play calling and the running attack beat you. Maybe this is the meatball in, the, in me, but I just want to see them get after Jordan Love. I want to see him not be comfortable in the pocket. I want to see him forcing throws. I want to see him uneasy with the football, scrambling, maybe just you know making some errant throws, maybe throwing it up, and you know you, you see someone like uh, Jalen Johnson or a Tyreek Stevenson come down with an interception that can really tilt the game in the Bears' favor. I want to see the pass rush. I don't care who it is. Honestly, God, I don't care who it is, but I want somebody to get after the quarterback because after last season – I just want someone to be at the quarterback. Somebody get close to the quarterback before he throws it. I, we can't have ja- Jaquan Brisker being the sacks leader on the on the football team again. So somebody needs to set the tone that says we're actually going to get after the quarterback a little bit and not give him four, five, six, seven minutes to throw the football where he can just hang out and just you know wait for everyone to get to break off their routes and they can run these long developing routes because they know the Bears aren't ever going to get home. So I just I just want to see somebody somebody get to the quarterback you'll be my defensive mvp if you can get to the quarterback but you gotta stop uh, the run first you stop the run well, you, yeah. the, you have the right to get to the quarterback then you're right yeah <laughs> you're absolutely right now yeah because if they're running the ball danny they're going to do it all day they're not they're not going to they're not going to take the ball out of the running back's hands if or, and put it in jordan love's hands if they're running the ball down the bear's throat they're just going right. to keep doing that so they, you're right they have to stop the run first and then somebody pin your ears back and get to the quarterback uh you know i we we're talking a lot about week one but this is this is a time for prognosticating, as Alyssa alluded to earlier in the show, where we can talk about the season as a whole. And I kind of want to look at the season as a whole. And we have a nifty little graphic that Aldo Gandia has been working on. It's the games one through 17, where we can look over and talk about how many wins we think this team might actually get. And then we can go back and make fun of ourselves in December and December. But when you're looking over that schedule and uh, you know what, Alyssa, since you had the luxury of seeing this graphic before, I'm going to put you on the spot first. Whenever you can go, you can go over that graphic and say, how many wins do you think the bears are actually going to get this year? What's their floor? What's their ceiling? And once again, this is probably very captivating for everyone listening to the audio version on the podcast however we're doing this live and we're doing it visually so we have we have the 2023 uh schedule graphic up weeks one through 18 Alyssa, i've stalled enough how many wins do you think this team's gonna have <laughs> well lucky i actually made my season prediction uh, a couple days ago and posted on bears wars so um i mean just straight up like my prediction i would say eight and nine but okay. if we're talking kind of like floor i would probably say seven wins maybe i mean six at the worst but like i mean it's a pretty favorable schedule there are a lot of winnable games and when you look at how close this team played last season considering i think they had one of the worst rosters in the league right yeah so how closely they were able to play you know some of the best teams in the nfl that when you kind of look at that performance, what Eberflus was able to get out of those guys, I think that, you know, they should be much better with an improved roster. So there are a lot of favorable games on here. I think in terms of ceiling, mm-hmm. uh, 
I'm going to say, I'm going to go through this. Okay, so one, two, three. The, the, uh, gear, the gears are spinning right <laughs> let's now. Go, let's go game by game. Let's break yeah, let's game go game by game. game. I'm counting in my Why head. Okay. We got the time. Week one against the Packers, I, I think they can win that. Yes. For okay, sure. so I got to win there too. So that's that's yeah. That's one and zero. We're one and zero, guys. One and zero uh, against the Buccaneers, who I think are going to be way down this year. They're going to be in the Caleb Williams sweepstake. I think that's a win as well. Yep. Win. So, so the, the 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 fact the Packers are the second youngest team, second only to the Buccaneers. So yes, I think I think that's a that's a they're two and zero. Okay, I, I think that's we're not being homers. I think that's a that's a legitimate prediction there. And then week three, now you can be a homer if you want to, because I don't think they're no. going to beat the Chiefs. No, no. Awesome. <laughs> okay, but I will say that'll be a really good barometer to see how they match up against one of the elite teams in the NFL. If they get their blow the the uh, doors blown off, then you still got a lot of work to do. If they're if they're keeping it tight in the third, fourth quarter, and then it turns out to be a eight, nine, ten win game, then okay, you're you're building something. You hung with a really good team, but if if it's yeah. from start to finish, they're outclassed, and he's like, okay okay, this team's got a lot of work to do. So I think at least that's a good barometer moving forward. Uh, week four, uh, the Broncos are a big mystery. We don't know mm-hmm. what Sean Payton's going to have, what kind of effect he's going to have on this team. We don't know if Russell Wilson is washed. We don't even know if that's a good relationship right now, if they're looking to even jettison with Russell Wilson, if they can get out of that contract. I honestly think that can that can be a win. What do you guys think? Yeah, I was wavering on this one too. Uh, same points that you had. You know, is Russell Wilson back? Is is Sean Payton? You know, going to keep him there? You know, do they start off rough and then and then he benches him for Jared Stidham? It all depends on how the Broncos roll in here on, on Week Four. But yeah, I mean, just just to kind of be conservative, I, I went with the loss okay. just to go two and two. Okay, and I think there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I was the same way too. I was kind of like when the schedule's first released, when I, I did like game by game predictions, I was like, okay, I had that as a win. And then now I'm kind of back and forth. And like, again, it's the mystery of it on offense. Is Russ going to get back to, you know, uh, the player he was? What about that defense? How do the Bears respond? But this game is in Chicago, which helps. But I did mark this as a loss. Yeah, I, I, the my my deciding factor was this will be at Soldier Field, I, and I it's that that that's that's I mean not to say that's the end all be all, but if I'm if I'm wavering and the game's at Soldier Field, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to uh, I'm gonna give it to the Bears. So I I have them currently at three and one, and mm-hmm. then uh, Alyssa, what did you did you say win or loss? Uh, loss. Okay, so you're at two and two. Danny's at two and two, and these are conservative estimates. Then they have a Thursday night game on the road at. Uh, the Commanders in D.C. I'm actually going to go to this game because, you know, the, the last Thursday night game against Washington was so good that I'm like, <laughs> I can't miss this. I cannot see. I cannot miss the sequel. I have to go watch this. But I think I, for me, that's a win because uh, there's a lot of uncertainty at the quarterback situation. There's a lot of uncertainty at the coaching situation. They do have some talent on that team. Uh, but I, I just think that that's a game that is going to be ripe for the picking for the Bears to win and they can take advantage uh, of an inexperienced quarterback. Yeah, I had a win too, um, and also because it's my birthday, and they better win on my birthday. Um, so, but I mean, l- watching the game last season, I mean, that's a game that the Bears should have won, uh, and I really hope it's not as awful if it, as it was last season. Just hopefully, it's the Bears pounding uh, on Washington, though. I'm curious to see, you know, Sam Howell and how he is through that first month heading into that game. So that'll be interesting. But I do have this one as a win. 
Yeah, for me too. This was the one that I was going back and forth on. I mean, defensively, Washington has, has got has got tons of talent on that side of the football. Offensively, they got some some pretty good weapons on the outside with Jahan Dotson and obviously you know Terry McLaurin. Uh, but again, I'm not jumping on the Sam wagon. I, I I'm not a believer in Sam Howell, and I so I I think the Bears can go out there and and you know sneak out a, a victory. So I, I got them. I got them. You know, rebounding off their two back to back losses to go three and two here. Sam Howell. Okay, let's go into week week six. Oh, by the way, I have the Bears at four and one. What am I doing? Okay. Oh my uh, God, John. I love you. Yeah. What am I doing? I was. I okay. We're going into week five, and I actually had this as a win because I think they're going to split with the Vikings this year. And I but and this is their their uh, home game, so I put this one down as a win just because I don't think that the Vikings can replicate what they did last year and win all those one score games. I, I they they obviously they lost out. Alvin Cook, they're they're uh, they're they're kind of in like this mini rebuild type thing. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that they can beat them at home, uh, and I think they're going to split with the Vikings. So I'm going to have them as a win, and I I don't like this because I have the Bears at five and one. I don't think they're going to be five and one. So I'm just trying to figure out where I'm going to be wrong. But currently, as we go through this, I have them at five and one. I, I got him in there for a win as well. I, I'm, I'm not a I'm not a Kirk Cousins fan. Uh, he puts up the, he puts up great fantasy stats, but it, it doesn't doesn't always you know abide. And I, I agree, they're they're in like a little mini rebuild here. Defensively, they brought in Brian Blades as a new defensive coordinator. He's a, he's an aggressive guy. I think uh, the Bears can maybe catch them on, on on a couple of zero blitzes here and there, put a couple of points up. Hey, the Bears get rolling here. They're four and two. Yeah, I had this as a win as well. You know, kind of looking back at last season, at least the one game where. You know, it, you had starters playing, right? Because that last game at the end of the year it didn't count. When you look at that first game, obviously it was kind of ugly in the in the first half, but the Bears really, you know, played them well, and they came within an Amir Smith Marset fumble um, of you know winning that game. Uh, so I think that this is a game that, especially this is the one that's in Chicago, that will also be a big factor. I have them splitting, like John, you were saying a lot of those one score wins that the Vikings were getting, you know, the bears lost a lot of those one score games too last year. And I think that this season, we're going to start to see them kind of, you know, win some of those. So I think this is one of them. Okay, after these games, Danny has them at four and two, Alyssa at four and two, me at five and one. And like it. I freaking have them beating the Raiders the next week, too. So, I mean, I, 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 it just the way that the schedule's, you know, chopping up, I have the Bears at six and one. Just because I'm going through this game by game, do I expect them to be six and one? Not really, but the way I'm doing it, we're doing this in real time. I have them at six and one just because I think the Raiders take a step back. I I don't know if Josh McDaniel is going to be long for the for the Raiders with a lot of the things that's been going on there. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, if he's the quarterback, I mean he he's he's kind of is he already hurt going into the season? Is he going to get hurt again? There's a lot of uncertainty there. They do have Devontae Adams, but I just feel like that's kind of a that's kind of a franchise in flux right now and at home. I think they can beat uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. So I have this one as a win. Yeah, uh, I'm with you there too. Uh, and, you know, uh, Jimmy Goppel will be hurt. Uh, Aiden O'Connell, rookies, is back up. You know, he'll be playing in that game. Josh McDaniels is already starting, you know, get enemies in that in that locker room. You, have you seen Chandler Jones's uh, recent tweets on, on, on his Instagram? So uh, I think I think that's a team in, in, in this array. And I think by the time they get here in week seven, uh, Josh McDaniels may not even be the head coach. So yeah. I think that's that's a win there for them as well. Yeah, this is one earlier I was going back and forth on, but I landed where you guys did with the win. I mean, this is, you know, a team that's going to be competing for that top draft pick, perhaps. So, uh, like you said, Josh, Josh McNeil's might even be there. So, I mean, I kind of hope so, because that, that, that would be nice. Uh, I still think they're going to win this game. And 
what is that? What are we? What are we at? So John, you're at six and one. I'm at six and one, and you guys are both at five and two. But two. don't worry, like we're it. we're hitting oh, the wall now yeah. because they're yep. on the road. They're on the road against the Chargers. I don't. Yeah, I think the Chargers are going to be a surprise team this year. Uh, I think they're going to be really good with Kellen Moore as their as their uh, offensive coordinator, kind of change that around. That's what they were kind of. That's what they were kind of lacking that last year. So I think that the Chargers are going to be really good. Uh, it'll it'll be it, if the Bears are going to win this game, it's going to have to be a shootout. I just don't see it going on the road. Although a road game against the Chargers is usually a home game for the opposing team. However, I just think they're going to be really good this year. So I, I have that one as a loss. Yeah, I have that as a loss as well. And I think. The, the first thing when Danny was talking about, you know, like Fields having that 400-yard passing game and 100-yard rushing game, this is the opponent in the game that I thought of because this is going to be a shootout, and this is a game where I think that if the Bears can match them blow for blow, this is still one where maybe, you know, if you like if you lose it, it's still kind of encouraging, I mean, that, you know, the offense is able to keep up with them, especially if Fields has 400 passing yards, 100 rushing yards. I mean – at that same time, they should win, but I mean, I still have this as a loss. But I mean, I'm excited to see uh, if the Bears' offense can kind of mm-hmm. go blow to blow with Justin Herbert. Guys, this is the NFL. Any given Sunday, and Uh-oh. and Kellen Moore loves to throw the ball, and that plays into the hands of the Bears because I believe the Bears by this time their secondary is going to be rolling. Uh, I have I have I have fears about the defensive line, but I don't have any questions about the young secondary. I think they're going to be you know the, the 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 standout unit of this defense. I think they go in there. And they shock the Chargers, and I go in there because, wow. like John said, half that stadium's oh, gonna be Chicago it. Bears fans, guys. Yeah. you know it. So, so it's nice weather. It's in October. Chicagoans are gonna flock to LA, and I think that's gonna be uh, a, a partial crowd there. And I think the Bears pull. There's always a shocker here and there on the schedule, and they're obviously then they're gonna pull a dud on a team that you expect them to, you know, to beat. So I think this is where they come in and they shock the world with with the. With the win here, and this is where the years start seeing ESPN and everybody else talking about Justin Fields MVP hype. So this is the 400 yard passing no, game, no, 100 no, yard rushing game. game. No, no, no. <laughs> well, <laughs> Danny just pulled parallel with me because we both have a team at six and two. Then Alyssa at five Uh-oh. and three. And apparently we're not allowed to go over the rest of the season because Aldo pulled the graphic and I have no idea. <laughs> hey, there I'll, we go. I, I like that. Aldo was like, you know what? We're stop it. We're done. Six and two. That's good enough. Stop the season. Stop the we're in, they're in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. So let's go. Let's go to week nine. Uh, they're on the road against uh, against the New Orleans Saints. I have this one as a loss because I think it's really hard to play down in New Orleans. Alvin Kamara will be, will be back by then. Dave, uh, David Carr will be fully immersed in whatever system they're running, and they have a lot of talent in Chris Olave and Michael Thomas if he's if he's healthy as well. Uh, I think that's a that's a I don't want to say a really good team, but I just think that on the road in New Orleans against that team will be uh will be tough. I have that one as a loss. Yeah, me too. New Orleans is one of the hardest stadiums to to go and get a, a victory out of, so that's a loss for me as well. Uh, make a three for three. That's a loss, like you said. That environment very difficult to play in. Uh, and I do think that's an improved Saints team. So that'll be a difficult one uh, challenge for Chicago. But I think that New Orleans has got that. And then they go on the short week in week 10, Thursday night, two Thursday night games this year. The next one against Bryce Young and the Carolina Panthers. Uh, I think the the Panthers are going to be a lot better than what people give them credit for. I mean, the, their division is junk. So they're going to have a, a real chance to win that division. Uh, it's, it's at home. 
I'm going to give this one a win just because there's they're they're going to be a very young team. I don't even know who they're who who's going to be playing receiver for them at that point uh, because they they got some they got some guys banged up. They bring in Adam Thielen. They have Jonathan Mingo, the young guy. Uh, I think DJ, DJ Chark is there, uh, but there's just uh, there's just kind of Miles Sanders is the running back. They just got a they got kind of a hodgepodge of guys there. I think they're going to be better than what people are giving them credit for, but I still think that they are going to uh, defend their home turf on Thursday. Day, uh, on the short week against the Panthers. I agree. Yeah, I, got this. I, think, I think it's a win as well. Yep. Right. Give All it a right. win. So right now I got the Bears at seven and three. Alyssa is at six and four, and Danny is at seven and three. Uh, why are what is going on here? Okay. Okay, let's hit reality. Speak it into existence. Speak say, it now into we're now we're on reality here because I have <laughs> oh, no, a two-game losing streak. I have them losing on the road uh against the lions at at detroit uh they're the favorites to win the division right now uh so i think that this is gonna and uh, that they're they're uh they're gonna maybe fall flat against dan campbell and the lions uh on the road uh danny what do you think i agree i agree that's uh the lions are gonna be uh, uh obviously the um you know a, a team that's gonna be contending for the division title i think uh you know they're gonna be a, a team here assuming you know health and everything i think they're gonna be a competitive team especially at home they have a lot of young talent on on defense so i think uh they're gonna be tough to beat there so i, I give them a loss here yeah i agree i'm giving this a loss i i'm not gonna i know i'm getting ahead but I have them winning at least one, but it's not going to be on the road in Detroit. Uh, it's always difficult to win out there. And I do think it'll be a competitive game, but I just think the Lions will come out on top. All right, let's go. Uh, let's go. We're staying. No, on the road. no. no. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been startled on this podcast. Before, I felt like it was a horror movie. I, like- <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm startled. Uh, so let's, let's, Let's just get back on the road because I want I want to leave that as far in the dust as possible. Let's go. Let's let's happened? go. We're on the road on Monday night against uh, against the Vikings uh, at Minnesota. I have this one as a loss just because I said they were going to split with Minnesota. I think they defend their home turf in Week Six. I think they probably drop one against the the Vikings in Week Twelve. This is back to back road games. That's after you know back to back road games after a Thursday night game. We get a little bit of a break, but uh, I still think that uh, they're going to split with the Vikings. I have this one as a loss. I agree, and it sucks because it's a division game. Obviously, means more division games than than the you know the non division games. But I want to give it to them. But yeah, I, I agree with you. I think they're going to split with Minnesota winning at home and then, and then unfortunately losing here. Make it three. I, th- I think this is a loss as well. They're going to split and I think they, they get the win at home, but, to, and on, and on prime time too, you know, they have some difficult prime time games, so that'll be a mm. good one to watch. And then they have a bye week 13 and win. then they, that, yeah. They can't lose. Is, win that it's a win. Time. Yeah. You know what? I, you know, we're just going to add an extra win there. Okay. <laughs> I'm good uh, with that. Then let's go into week 14. They're home against the Lions. Maybe I'm giving the Lions too much credit, and it's really weird for me to give the Lions credit because they haven't done it yet, and they ha- and in my lifetime they haven't really done it. Uh, but I just feel like they're going to be better than what a lot of you know a lot of people are giving them credit. But I know they're, they're they're the division favorite for a lot of people, but I think that's where it stopped for a lot of people i don't see them going a lot of people don't predict them going very far per se i think they're going to be a good team i think the bears might drop two to them so i have them losing uh, at home against the against the lions as well 
I think uh, the Lions take a cheap shot at Justin Fields uh, in that Week 11 game. I think the Bears don't forget that. They come here, and they're coming off of the bye week. They are going to be pumped up about that, and they're going to go out there, and they're going to pull off an upset here. I think they beat the Lions. So you're writing the script here. You're you're oh, you man. got you you got revenge yeah, on the mind here. Can you can you tell us what what how it ends? Well, well, we're I know we're getting there. <laughs> it's gonna be, be a game where it's gonna be like a 31 or 27 kind of game. I I didn't know Stephen King was on this podcast <laughs> writing narrative for everything going forward. Uh, uh, Lisa, how do you have them against the the, the Lions the second time? Yeah, I have them winning one. Uh, I know the Lions swept them last last year, but especially that first game. Uh, it, it was a close one, and I'm sorry, I'm not going to pick the Lions to sweep them, or my family will never let me hear the end of it. There you go. <laughs> so, Danny just overtook me because Alyssa and I both have the Bears at seven and six at this point, uh, and Danny has them at eight and five going like into better. Cleveland. It's going to be a road game. We don't know when it's going to be played, but uh, I. I once again, I'm higher on the Browns than a lot of people are going to be. I think they're going to be no, pretty good this year. Yeah. Uh, I, I I just think that they're with whatever you know. Deshaun Watson will probably play better this year. They got a, a great running back in Nick Chubb, and Amari Cooper is is, is a really good uh, wide receiver with Njoku at tight end. And I, I just think they're going to be a lot better than what people think they're going to be. That's going to be a tough game in Cleveland. Uh, I I have them losing that game and in and going to 500 at seven and seven. Yeah, I, I, Dog Pound's another hard place to play. Deshaun Watson's going to rebound and become Deshaun Watson that everyone saw at Houston, um, and one who earned, earned that you know that that big contract. I agree, you know, in terms of the the weapons on the outside, plus their defense, they have a ton of playmakers all over that defense, you know, led by Miles Garrett. Uh, I think that that's going to be a tough environment. I think the Bears lose here. Yeah, I, I had this as a loss as well, um, but Justin Fields will not be sacked nine times, unlike the last time he played this team. Uh, plus, that is another road game, too. So, yeah, I think that that's going to be a tough environment. So that's a loss for me. Well, here's when things get a little bit easier. They're at home against the Cardinals. With you can see, If you're watching the video portion of this, you see the Christmas lights around there. Uh, so I, I think the Cardinals are going to be awful. Uh, whether Kyler Murray is the quarterback or not, I think they're going to be awful. I think that they're also going to be in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes. They're at home against a bad Cardinals team. I see this as a win. I don't need to go into much depth about this, but I just think that I, I think that's a win. Yep, and this uh, listen, this is the uh, 400 yards passing, 100 yards rushing game. Ooh, there it is. Arizona Cardinals, who uh, Jonathan Gannon. I, I don't know, guys, if you guys have seen this guy. This guy looks like, I mean, at least from the just from the clippings, like he's in way over his head. Uh, so we'll we'll see what happens here. But this is the game where I think the Bears come back. It's a Christmas Day gift for all of us Bears fans, and I think they uh, they mop the Cardinals and uh, send them along their merry way. Love it. Pet- petition for Danny just to write the script because <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm loving this. So much, and I do also have this as a win. Uh, like you said, John, I think this can be a very bad Cardinals team. They actually remind me a lot of the Bears last season. Um, so we saw how that turned out. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I have this as a win, and Merry Christmas. And, hey, go off, Justin Fields, go off. Now, next game, Week 17, not as easy as I originally thought it might be. They're home against the Falcons, but they also got a brand-new toy in B. John Robinson. And if we if we're afraid about – if we're scared of the Bears' run defense against Green Bay, we should also be pretty afraid against somebody like B. John Robinson and the Falcons who want to just run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Do I have a lot of confidence in Desmond Ritter? Not really, but they do have some nice weapons. I think that they could be – once again, that division is down. They they might have a chance to win that division late in the season. They might have something to play for. But it is at Soldier Field, so I'm going to give them a win over the Falcons. But I don't. Th- I think that's going to be a really ugly game. I don't think that's going to be a runaway. 
Yeah, I mean, remember when I told you about versus the Chargers, they always, you know, you, the NFL schedule is always a win where you, mm-hmm. you know, don't expect it, and there's always a clunker where you, do, you don't expect it. This is going to be the clunker. It's New Year's Eve. The guys are a young team. They already got their New Year's Eve plans ready to go. They, you know, Falcons going to come in here probably sub 500, take them for granted. And, you know, like I said, B. John Robinson, Drake London on the outside, Desmond Ritter, who I think is a very underrated prospect in terms of the quarterback. I think this is a team that they comes in here and unfortunately ruins their, uh, their New Year's Eve, and I think this is a loss here. It would ruin my New Year's Eve, too. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, I have this as a loss, too. I was kind of going back and forth between, like, with the Raiders and the Falcons game, just kind of, like, win-loss, win-loss, and I settled uh, on this one being a loss. Good point made by Danny. But, man, that's a brutal way to, to ring in the New Year. But, hey, maybe there's, maybe there's a playoff spot. Well, guys, going into the final week, week 18, I have them at nine and seven. Danny has them at nine and seven and Alyssa has them at eight and eight. So <laughs> this might actually be something to play for with, with the seventh seat, with the seventh seed, maybe at stake or, you know, possibly the division at stake, depending on about the NFC North is this year. But uh, th- this could, this could be an incredibly important game on the road at Lambeau and Green Bay. Danny, do they win this game, and do, could they possibly get into the playoffs with this game? Well, since I have them splitting every single game with a division rival, I'm winning week one, then I got them losing this game here. Uh, I'm assuming that the Packers are going to be involved there as well somehow in terms of whether it's you know contending for a playoff spot, a wild card, or just trying to ruin uh, you know the, the Bears' chances of getting into the playoffs. Blambo is always tough for the Bears to go up there and win. Uh, so, you know, I'm going to stick to what I've been doing throughout the whole schedule, splitting the division games home and away. So, unfortunately, this is going to be a um, a loss. So, we're going to need some help here from other teams to get into the playoffs with nine bin, nine wins. What do you think, Alyssa? Yeah, I have this as a loss, too. It, it feels just kind of, kind of like the Lions there, too. Um, but I have them... Uh, at eight and nine to finish the year kind of like Danny I had them splitting I mean I, I don't even I, I've even said in the past like I'm not going to pick the Bears to beat the Packers until they actually beat the Packers so there's no way I could beat them to sweep them uh yeah. in these preseason predictions so uh, I'm going to make that a loss and they finish eight and nine I just remembered I didn't give my prediction, but I also have this one as a loss. I just have them splitting with Green Bay, which I think most Bears fans would have taken in the last five years if you say you split yeah. with Green Bay. So uh, I'm not going to get too greedy here. Uh, I think that they, I think that they could come up short with that one in, in Green Bay. So ultimately, uh, I, I have the Bears at nine and eight. Danny has them at nine and eight, and Alyssa at eight and nine, which means they're going to be in the hunt uh they're gonna be one of those teams they're talking about in the last uh three four weeks about it can they squeak into the playoffs and uh yeah i think that i mean we went through all of them there's there's a real route there to to anywhere between eight and ten wins there's a real route there i'm not saying right. they're gonna be ten and seven i'm not saying they're gonna be they're not gonna be you know six and you know what was six and eleven they're not gonna be six and eleven they're gonna be they could be set i'm i'm still trying to do this 17 math because i've been doing 16 for my entire life and now right I'm trying there to with you. trying to figure out what numbers actually equate to 17 because if you, if you hadn't noticed i was not a math major in, in college so yeah i was a broadcast major and now i have to do math which they said i wouldn't have to do but now i'm doing it so uh so i i don't see them being uh you know down at six and eleven i don't even necessarily see them down being seven and ten uh, i think they're going to be in that eight nine ten uh range right there i think that that's that's safe to say uh and and quite frankly Shouldn't they be? I mean, this is this this is year two of that rebuild and that escalation. They don't have to be Super Bowl contenders this year. They don't have to make a deep playoff run. But guys, isn't this what is kind of necessary in that next step where you you got the number one overall pick? You added all this stuff. 
Now you got to be competitive. You, you can be in the basement, then you got to be competitive, and then you got to be a winner, and then you got to make a deep dive, and then you can be a champion. But you got to have to, you, you just don't go from, you know, A to D. There has to be that A B progression, and they kind of need it this year. Right. If, if it, Alyssa, I'll start with you, and then Danny, I want you to jump in right after. They need, this is what's necessary, right? This is part of this. If, if not, it's kind of a failure. Oh, absolutely. And this is, you know, what we were talking about with last season. It was kind of like, just kind of like a freebie year where we understood they were going to be bad. We even went into this, into that season, expecting them to be bad, but just wanting to see progress wherever it was. And we did in, uh, you know, little bits here and there, but now is when you need to start showing signs. And, and again, like we, we talked about it, about them kind of following a similar trajectory to the lions last season where, you know, they had that talent in place, you know, they have like the coaches in place and, but you can't, fix everything in one off season we're seeing ryan pole start you know he's addressed it and now i think you're going to see a big step this season i expect them to be in the hunt and contend for the playoffs but i don't necessarily expect them to make it this season so but we do need to see tangible progress from justin fields and from this roster as a whole from you know these players who are going to be cornerstones uh, of the roster yeah, I mean, you went from a three three win team last year. You lost it, lost your ten straight games at the end of the season to to a nine win you know team. You know, if everything goes our way, um, you know that that's a huge step up. You know, you might not make the playoffs, which is fine, but it, it's a building block. And now you've you've gotten you know after year two with Eberflus and his and his you know staff and everything, you've got your building blocks in place. Now you go and add more people, whether it's more free agents, another draft class. Hopefully, top two, you know, two first round picks continue to add to that to that talent pool. Now, then, now we go up to the next level, which is 10, 11, 12 games. Now you're contending for division title. So I think this is natural progression. And guys, we know the NFL schedule; it's quirky, right? There, things happen. We talk, I said it earlier. Any given Sunday, you know, we just went through and we saw nine possible victories. You know, there's a couple of games that are probably gonna, you know, we thought they're gonna win. They might lose a couple of games that we thought they're going to lose. They might win. So, you know, anywhere between nine, 10, and a couple of lucky breaks, like look at Minnesota last year, how many last second, yeah. like no doubt, you know, like this, this rarely happens kind of thing happened to Minnesota and they pulled off. What was it? 12 wins last year. I forgot how many totals they got. So, you know, the things like that happen, you, you get on a roll, you're a young team, you believe in yourself. You know, you have a, you have a young quarterback, a dynamic player, you know, playmaker and Justin Fields, you know, again, for me, it goes back to the offense and defensive lines. This offensive line, this revamp offensive line does what we think it should do. And, and for me, it's it's just, you know, give Justin Fields enough time, but, but you know, but dominate in terms of as a run blocking unit. And then defensively, you got to improve that run defense. If you can, you know, stop the run and then help, you know, get after the quarterback with Yannick Ngakwe and, and, and Walker and some of the other guys, you know, you can, you know, create some turnovers. And next thing you know, a, a tip here, tip there, and a ball can, can go your way. And, you know, you can get on a roll. You get confidence, you know, anything happens there. So I, I just think that they're too young to, uh, to predict to them being a playoff team, but I also see that the talent. I just looked over the rosters from yesterday, from last year, you know, opening week to this year, opening week. And just, just the, the abundant of, of, of talent that's been added to the roster. Uh, it's, it's, it's night and day. We talked about earlier, we we're making fun of the receiver room, right? We were like Byron Pringle was one of our bigger, you know, receiving, uh, you know, uh, 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 additions and then Lucas Patrick was our best offensive line we added, uh, you know, in terms of free agency. I mean, these are these are you know what we were looking forward to last year. Now we got playmakers and DJ Moore, you know, Chase Claypool, you know, uh, you know the offensive line. I, I think that that Nate Davis and and Darnell Wright, you know, combination on the right side is going to be a powerful. Those guys are powerful people movers. They're, they're going to get 
people off off their you know you know defensive linemen retreating backwards and you know making holes for this running attack. So that's why you build their you know your attack around that the running game and now you use play action and then Justin's you know playmaking abilities and you can put points on the board. And for me, Danny, it's all about are they building a sustainable, winnable, uh, winning window? Because we've seen this a lot of times as Bears fans, where they'll have a flash in the pan season, twenty eighteen, and then the wheels fall off, and it's just, and then during that you know short little winning season or that short little window, they're you know getting rid of all their draft capital and moving up and taking guys, and then that window that you thought was going to be open for three or four years is all of a sudden was shut after one season, and so and they're not a team that notoriously makes back to back playoff seasons. You can look over the look over the last 30 some years, how many times they've went back to back in the playoffs. It's under I think it's maybe three times. And that's including the time they fell ass backwards into the seventh seed back in 2020. So uh, it's, I think that or 2019. So I think that uh, what I want is a strong foundation that is actually sustainable where you're not just putting all your chips in and saying, let's hope that we actually hit for, you know, one or two years. And if we don't, okay, let's get a new GM and a new head coach in here. I want to say, I want to, you can build it slow. A slow build is fine because they still, and right now they're building and they still have draft capital. They're going to be a pretty good team and they still have a lot of draft capital. So go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I just want something that is sustainable. We're not getting all excited and we think we have this bright new shiny team and then in two years, it looks nothing like it does, like it used to a couple of years ago, where where everything just fall, everything fell apart within a year, and we're talking about another rebuild, another quarterback, another coach, another GM, and we're doing the same show over and over again because it makes for a really boring podcast when we say the same things over and over and over again. But when the team keeps doing it over and over and over again, there's not much else we can talk about. Go ahead, Dan. Right, and 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 I and I believe wholeheartedly that that you build your 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 team. You've heard you you've, you've covered two drafts with me. Unless you've heard me probably babble on these airwaves before. You know the 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 offense and defensive line are are key. And I think we finally have a general manager in Ryan Poles that actually believes in that and that believes building it the right way. I think the the investment in the offense line with Nate Davis and Darnell Wright this off season. I think obviously Nick, you got to keep adding to that. You know, they can't stop there. And I think you know the the two young guys that tackles uh, Gervon Dexter and Zach Pickens in the middle. Now, obviously, you know, you couldn't get the end guy. You couldn't get the edge guy. You wouldn't got Yannick for one year, but now you got two first rounds picks next year. You know, you go ahead and you know, invest that in, in an edge rusher. You go get another receiver for for, for uh, Justin Fields, you know, so on and so forth. I think, and, and he's shown so much restraint, especially as in the free agent market where the previous guys and, and, and Emery and, and Ryan Pace, you know, they just threw out there, got money, you know, kill a cap and just threw money out there. And then just, you know, went and got, you know, got players. You know, I think he's building it the right way. Again, it's only been two years. So let, let's let's see how he maintains this. You know, if if he maintains this kind of you know uh, patience and this kind of you know uh, being able to play that cap, you know, nicely. Like, like for me, I was out there saying, "Go sign Yannick Ngakwe now." But he waited, he waited, he waited, and he eventually got him for that one-year, ten million dollar deal. And and I think gonna have another motivated player coming here and, and trying to you know, earn another multi-year contract next year. So I think that's the way you play it. Uh, but again, just build that offense and defensive line. Bring in young, talented players, and then just you know, and then now you build your offense in terms of skill position around Justin Fields. All right, before we get out of here, the re- we're going to ask the real important question, and then we- and then and then we'll head out of here. What will your setup look like 
on Sunday when football starts. All right, because listen, I know you got to probably put about 14 <laughs> articles before the Bears even kick off, and then 45 articles after they kick off, six at halftime, 100 after the game. So, what what is your setup going to look like on Sunday? Because the Bears don't play till the late game or the, the late uh, afternoon game. So, how are you going to be enjoying the uh, one o'clock game? I guess if you're in the, I guess the noon games if you're in the Central Time Zone. But the, uh, for us, the uh, one o'clock game. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to be enjoying my new Sunday ticket through YouTube TV that I got through work. So that's great. <laughs> not a sponsor. Uh, not a sponsor. <laughs> but I'm going to be enjoying Sunday ticket and getting to kind of just enjoy the fact that football's back. I mean, I might go out to a sports bar, you know, just to, you know, the environment, it being week one and all that. Uh, and But I'm also going to have my laptop right by me because Anactas will come out. And so I'm going to have my laptop, big screen TV. Um, and you know what? I'll, I'll have a nice beer. Um, I'm go. not gonna not gonna drink during the game because I have to. I have a job to do. But I'll have a beer to celebrate uh, opening week. Celebrate a celebratory <laughs> beer, nice celebratory beer. What about you, Danny? Yeah, a similar thing. Like I got a big screen TV. I'm gonna have the red zone on. Um, I got two fantasy football teams going, and so I got you know make sure all my guys are, are hopefully pulling up some points. By the way, I've, I've you know I, I put my money where my mouth is. I, I got Justin Fields on both my leagues. I made sure I had auction leagues, and I made sure I'd spend as much I needed to get Justin Fields on my roster. So, you know, uh, you know that that's that's how much belief I have in this kid. So I, I'll be watching that, and obviously then getting ready for the Bears game, and then obviously doing you know halftime and, and post game with you and, and Coach T. Looking forward to that. Absolutely. I'll be in my man cave. I will have three TVs set up uh, to, to go through because nice. I also have a Sunday ticket. I'll be watching the Bears. Not in the, uh, no, Not a sponsor. Uh, <laughs> in, the, in the middle TV. And then I'll have two games on on the left and the right. I'll have my uh, my computer set up to check my fantasy team. And of course, I'll be doing halftime and post game show with you and Coach T, which uh, I'll plug here in a second. But, you know, it's, it's like Christmas. I can't wait to set up. I can't wait to set up everything and just watch a full day of football. And then we got and then there's a Sunday night game and then there's a Monday night game and then there's a Thursday night game and then there's there's also always games <laughs> it's just it just makes me so excited I can't wait to just keep watching football until J- January we're, we're we're set we're set until January guys it's, 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 like we're, we're, the wait's yeah. over it's, 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 it's the most it's, wonderful time of the year I'm sorry I'm starting to sing no, Christmas carols <laughs> It, it, it does feel like Christmas, but before we go too far off the rails, that's going to wrap up this week's show. Before we shut it down, Alyssa, tell us what's happening over uh, at Bears Wire and everything else that you're working on, what people and where people can find your stuff. Uh, yeah, uh, make sure you ch- you check out Bears Wire for all the latest news and analysis uh, ahead of the Week One game against the Packers. We got news, we got breakdowns, we got game picks uh, coming up, and stay tuned after Sunday's game for some detailed analysis of what's hopefully going to be a bears win over the Packers, something that this show at least i don't think i've been able to celebrate on this show and then come back to the phone 55 next week love it danny what are you working on what, what can uh, where can people find your stuff because you, you you got so much knowledge that i feel like people need to be able to see that a little bit more so the, well, get, get them what they want other than just getting ready for the for the uh upcoming weekend's games obviously i'm, I'm still you know draft on tap isn't hiatus until after the season but uh, that doesn't mean i'm i'm not scouting and, and looking at you know draft prospects and uh you know just like last week's game fsu versus uh, lsu i mean that, that's a game that that's you know, littered with with nfl nfl hopefuls and nfl prospects so uh I'll be 
watching uh, Texas versus Alabama this week. That's the game I'm going to be highlighting. And then, uh, you know, during this season, I'm going to start posting some, uh, some you know, scouting reports on, on some prospects that, you know, fans, uh, Bears fans should be uh, kind of keeping an eye on during, throughout the college football season. Um, and then, uh, obviously, you know, in, during the once the season ends, whenever that is, uh, we'll come back here again with draft on tap and then get, you know, full bore into, uh, into breaking out prospects. But I also might be doing something in terms of a, a weekly spotlight on, on – on the uh, the Bears game, so uh, keep keep tuned for that, and uh, we'll you know we'll post it out there when it's available. Excellent, excellent, and don't forget to join Danny, me, and our new analyst coach T on Bear football right after the Bears game. The three of us will share our immediate reactions, carry coach Iberflus and Justin Fields press conferences, and break down key plays of the game as soon as the clock hits triple zeros. We go live, and we hope you join us in the chat room. But that will do it for us tonight. For Alyssa Barbieri and Danny Shimon, I'm John Buffone. We'll see you next week right here on Buffone 55. It's week one, baby. Kickoff is right around the corner. Bears, Packers, we'll see you next week. Hey, Chicago Bear fans. I know you cannot get enough of the Green Bay Packers. So if you're interested, make sure to check out the Packaday podcast. You can find it wherever you get your favorite podcasts as well as on YouTube. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL and find the podcast at Packaday Podcast. Go Pack.